Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing, where we talk about pop culture. What's our tagline, sweetie? Well, it's kind of like a Gen X perspective on movies and TV. Um, and usually we do Gen X movies. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, but today we are doing a movie that came out in... 2012. So that's not even close to being like a Gen X movie. That was not no. even 10 years ago. Eight years ago. And the reason we're doing this movie is because we are isolated or we are social distancing or what is the... We're flattening the curve over it's here. March 17th, 2020. So if you're listening a long time from now, yeah. uh, it is um, coronavirus time. It is. So we are in our homes and our children are with us. So we're trying to find movies that we can watch together. And um, one of the movies that my kids happen to like is called uh, Parental Guidance. Yes. And I think I introduced this to them. I think your friend Charlie Donnelly. I think he did. He is author Charlie, author Donnelly. Charlie Donnelly. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. Um, he's written a lot of great suspenseful mystery type books. Um, and anyway, Charlie told us to watch this movie. It was like a good family movie. And so our kids know this movie well. We watched it again last night. And so today, um, Cameron and Skylar are joining us for Pop Culturing. JC will come down in a little bit. Um, I want to play the trailer to it. Okay. Uh, which is a pretty good summary of the movie. So if you haven't seen it, this might be a good... And then maybe we'll just talk about the plot. That'd be a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. I'm going to start a fire here. Phil has to go away next week, and we need someone to watch the kids. So I was wondering, would you want to? We'd love to. I'm not going. You're going. That's what I meant. We practically never see our grandchildren. Her whole way of raising her kids is a giant in our face. It's her generation. It's just their way. What are you looking for, sailor? I'll help you out. <coughs> it's an omen. What's it an omen of? Impending doom. Grandpa tells lots of jokes that you won't get. Just laugh. Hello, boy. Still single? <laughs> There's a way that we talk to our kids. Or you would say, quit your wine and you're giving me a headache. We would say, use your words. That's not bad. Not bad. She looks like a 12-year-old widow. Maybe not those words. He's a picture. Strike three. You're out of there. All right, I might play that uh, whole baseball scene later on, so I'm going to cut it off there. Okay. So, uh, Cameron, Skylar, um, thumbs up or thumbs down on the movie? Uh, I have uh, watched this movie many times, so I still like it. It's a thumbs up for me. I like it. Thumbs up. Um, I think it's the best movie nobody's ever heard of. Well, it, it did not get... I, I have to say this first. I tend to be a bit of like a movie snob. Okay. Um, and I think I think Cameron is a little bit too like I am where it's kind of like, you know, what are the reviews? Who's in it? What does Rotten Tomatoes say? IMDb. And this is... This was not beloved it got like a six out of ten rating and it you know i'm just the reason i'm saying this is because i agree with you that i don't believe it got its due mm -hmm. i think that it just came in maybe at a time when people were kind of maybe tired of these kind of comedies possibly um or maybe it's just and and it 
you guys, it's it is kind of it's not cheesy. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not like particularly super deep. It's kind of surfacey, but like it's still a good movie. Yeah, and it's safe for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, I think that the only things I was as we were watching again last night, I knew we were going to talk about it. There is some stereotyping. There mm-hmm. is an Asian character that they stereotype, Long which, Duck Dong. Yeah, from the, Sixteen Candles. Yeah, but he's his actual name is. Um, something different that but it's the same guy and there's some like you know stereotypical male behavior female behavior that kind of thing but it's 2012 um and we tried to watch it from a perspective of family enjoyment so on that note like like skylar why do you like it uh a part of it uh is because of uh some of the scenes remind me of a dad does sometimes (laughs) awesome stuff but it's just overall funny. Like, I wasn't really getting into, like, some of the deep aspects of it. Do you think, like, Dad is like Artie? No, not it's as not bad. bad. <laughs> Artie is Billy Crystal's character. Yeah, so just so for a little, like, set in the scene here, Billy Crystal, it, it's about grandparents who come to stay with their grandchildren, okay? So Billy Crystal and Bette Midler are the grandparents. Marissa Tomei is their daughter, I think their only daughter, named Alice. And then um, Tom Everett Scott is her husband. You guys may remember him from, like, that thing you do, you know, Tom Hanks's movie. He looks like a young Tom Hanks to me. And then their kids. Sorry. What was that? Sorry. And then they have three kids um, and one is, girls, how old are the kids? Uh, so I think 12. Harper is 12 and then Turner is eight, eight and then... Barker is it's like six. I think yeah. it's Barkley, isn't it? No, it's Barker. Well, you just call We've him Barkley. Oh, okay. So just that alone, that their names are Harper, Barker, Turner, and Turner. They're, Very I think, yuppie-ish. They're trying to make a point with that. And for those of you who have kids with those names, this is not a problem. It's just I think they're trying to demonstrate the difference between um, the generation, you know, prior to, uh, you know, the generation before us and then now. So my question is, I... So there's three generations going on, obviously. Right. The kids, the boomers, Gen X, and then Gen Z. And I and the first like third of the movie is about um, you know, the fact that Billy Crystal and Bette Midler are like totally old school and they don't understand how to work their phone and right. they don't and I found myself actually feeling closer to <laughs> the grandparents. Than the parents. <laughs> you were identifying with the And my question to you, sweetie, is did you feel more connected to Marissa Tomei and Tom Everett Scott or with B- Bette, Miller, Bette Midler and Billy Crystal? Well, I think the movie is guides you toward relating to Billy Crystal and Bette Midler a little bit because there, there are scenes... I think the director's perspective is we've gone too far with mm-hmm. this generation. And so it's kind of funny that you and I are doing this movie because some of the things that Marissa Tomei, um, her name is Alice. So some of the things that Alice does with her kids are don't say no to them. You tell them to use I their I got the words. special instructions. You ready? Okay. It's 50 seconds, but it's funny. We probably align ourselves a lot with what Marissa Tomei is. This is my point. Here yeah. we go. Now, do you have any special instructions for us, like what the kids like to do, what they like to eat? Yes, Mom, great, thank you. First of all, they don't eat any sugar. No Carvel? That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. We tried to introduce just a little bit of sugar, and it was like (laughs) going off the rails of the crazy train. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And there's another subject I'd like to discuss. Sure, anything. Your language. 
Oh, he won't curse. I'll break his freaking arm. <laughs> that's great, but that's not what I meant. You see, there's a way that we talk to our kids. For instance, where you would say no, we would say, consider the consequences. Or where you would say don't, we would say, maybe you should try this. See, that way the child feels that he has value, he has worth, he's heard. That's a way. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I would like to hear all three of your thoughts about the rules that Marissa Tomei's character just brought up. I'll let them go. Yeah, see, I think, like, the things that she said, like, don't and no are kind of aligned with, like, your guys' style of parenting. But the no sugar thing, like, really threw me because that's not at all, like, what I think most families is. I think they're trying to incorporate Alice being, like, super opposite of her parents, and that's not really aligns with what children are really treated like. The worst thing, you never say don't, like don't or no like there's no we're really like it's not like we never get in trouble but you but we're not we're not that young where you have to say don't do that or like don't eat that or no doing that you give us plenty of opportunities to say don't we just choose not to say don't really yes. what do I do? Well, and i don't say i just said don't i don't say uh consider the consequences but i think the goal with language is always how do you get people to keep listening to you, especially your kids. And if you come at your kids with a lot of no and don't, then they shut down versus, hey, could you maybe consider another way to do that? And I think that our parents, the generation before us, they didn't consider their language. Mm -hmm. I, maybe some did, but the typical um, experience was no, don't stop it. Don't be an idiot. Don't be crazy. You know, there wasn't a lot of consideration. For how things were landing. Um, this is another scene from another part of that exact same scene where Barker's food doesn't like to touch each other. Yeah. Hey, you didn't finish your dinner. You know the great thing about Chinese, I mean, Pan Asian food is that if you mush it all up, it's oh, no. what, what, what happened? What did you do? I don't know. He doesn't like his. <laughs> he doesn't like his food, food to, touch. to touch. Anybody relate to that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I was definitely really picky. I still am with my food, but I, I had that thing where Barker, where you don't like your food to touch. I still kind of have that. So I, I, just the part of that scene that's hilarious was when he doesn't know what he did. And yeah, he like has that. no idea. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to hear a few problems I have with this movie? Oh, also, shouldn't we explain the plot? Yeah, I'll okay. have explain the plot. All right, go ahead. Tad, Tad wants to jump to the problem. Yes. So <laughs> I would say this movie is basically about uh, Bette Midler and Billy Crystal, who are the grandparents, and their daughter Alice asks them to watch her kids while she goes off on a weekend with her husband because he's winning an award for Best Invention of the Year, which is called the R-Life, which is like basically a smart house, which is... Or like a nest. Yeah, like a nest. Yeah, I because guess, like it that. watches your house and mm. and kind of take talks to you. Yes, it's like pretty cool. I, I kind of want to live in that house for like a day. But uh, basically it's about them trying to grandparent well because they haven't seen the kids in a while and they don't really have a strong relationship with them. So, yeah. And the fact that there's some reason that Alice kind of hasn't stayed connected to them. Mm -hmm. And and do we, why, why is that? Why doesn't Alice stay connected to them? They don't really, I think that's a flaw in the movie. They don't really tell us why. Well, do you guys remember the scene when Billy Crystal, that it, it's more toward the end when he comes downstairs and talks to her and said, I thought we were doing a pretty good job. It's kind of a touching scene. Um, and he said, you know, we would go on the road because Billy Crystal is an announcer for baseball mm -hmm. and Bette Midler was a weather girl. And they would sometimes have to go on the road and they'd take Alice with them. And he said, I thought we were doing great. And then you went off to college and you stopped coming home at Thanksgiving and you stopped coming home at Christmas 
And then parents start to get the message that maybe we didn't do as well as we thought. Mm -hmm. But they, I don't understand what she didn't like. I mean, I guess what I would think is she was maybe tired about the life they had given her because she never like got to settle down. But instead of taking that as she wanted a different life, the parents took that as they didn't do a good job at all. Like, they completely messed her up. Maybe something like that. Right. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. she didn't feel seen in some way. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. So did you catch anything about that? Like, why, Skylar? They they didn't really explain it. No, they never really explained it was bad. He just said that he thought they were doing pretty well because he wasn't, like... uh, Emo- verb- verbally abusing him like his father did. Ah. So he thought that he was doing great when he wasn't really doing as well as he thought he was. So that's a really good point because mm. that demonstrates a generational shift of evolving. Okay, a lot of deep words there. But what I mean is that so Billy Crystal was abused emotionally, possibly physically, by his dad. So then when he became a parent, he didn't do any of that, but maybe he didn't for some reason that wasn't enough for Alice. And so now Alice in her family is overcompensating even more, which tends to be a theme. Wait, where did JC go? We're talking about parental guidance. To, do you like that movie? I do. <laughs> wow. That's really good. Thank podcasting. You, well, and the reason I'm asking JC specifically is because she is 16. So the first time, no, you're almost 17. So I'm going to ask JC one more question. So why do you like this movie? Um, I well, I think it, I liked it at the beginning when we first started watching it because I felt like I could watch it over and over again. It was a movie you could watch over and over. Um, but I also liked how like full circle it was for sure. Like how it's not just about the one, not about like the first or like the third technically generation of grandparents. Like you realize there's more to the story. Like I think you said this a little bit before, but why they go back into the dad's past and why the dad kind of separated from his daughter and he didn't want to feel like he was too, like, I guess, needy. And he kind of just separated from her. But then they slowly realized as time went on that, like, he was actually really sad. So so do you think he separated from his daughter or Alice separated from them? Um, I think that she, like, naturally separated because she said she left for college. And then she probably she met her husband. She had kids. So I think it was natural. But he could have definitely reached out. But he didn't feel like that was something he could do without her being like you have to like he he didn't think that Alice wanted to be in his life anymore because she left naturally so he could have gone back or kept a connection just you know phone call whatever but so along those same lines these are a few of my issues with the movie you okay ready? yes um he supposedly Billy Crystal doesn't know his own grandson's name I think that's a little bit of a stretch <laughs> I don't care how disconnected he is from Marissa Tomei you should I just because he seems like although he's a flawed character, he um, he seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he doesn't know his grandson's name. I think he did. I think she was he just like wasn't mentally thinking about them that much. But I th- I don't think he forgot the names. Like there was that point in the movie at the beginning where she was like, his name is Barker. But it wasn't like he had forgotten. He just said the little one. So I think he was just generalizing. And go ahead. Well, I think that. So do you remember? Do you guys remember the beginning when they get to the house and they look at the top of the? It's either the fireplace or the piano or something. Yeah, with the pictures. With all the pictures of the other grand of the other grandparents, which is funny because there's like ten pictures of the grandchildren with the other set of grandparents, Tom Everett Scott's parents. You know. 
and then but there is one picture of you know Bette Midler and uh what's his name Billy Crystal with the kids when they're little so obviously they've been with them when they were little and I think Alice says they moved to Atlanta for her husband's job so right. they've really only been gone so I'm kind of agreeing with you sweetie like when we're grandparents we're not going to be the other grandparents we're going to be Tom Everett Scott's parents we're going to be we're not going to be girls. Alice's well, parents well you're going to be them but at the end of the movie because then they develop their relationship. Yeah, remember? we're going to be... Well, Tom Everett Scott's grandparents, we never meet. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and they totally got... Then they went way too far the other way, because then at the end, when they're showing the new pictures... It's all of the... It's all of the other. And there's no Like, you could see the other grandparents. grandparents, but they're in the back. Because so I think they moved there, to their town. To Atlanta. Uh, so I think that might be why. So, guys, the moral of the story is don't move away from us if and when you start having kids. Or, or just, and, or we move and then you follow us. Uh, we'll follow you. No. We'll follow you, but you guys have to go move to the same city. We're mobile. Yeah, we'll follow you. So, do we have a, a, an agreement here? This should, is documented. Yeah, we should talk about this now. Should we choose our city today? JC, you're going first. Where are you going to go? JC wants to travel, though. She wants to, like, go see the world. She'll land. Why are you, like, crawling on the ground? What? Why are you know. like? I wanted to go live on the West Coast. No but problem. North Pacific. Just, just decide with your sisters so we know, right. okay? They don't want to go live in the mountains, though. Well, you guys got to figure it out, and the sooner the better. That's where I want to go. I want to go to Chicago. All right. Well, oh, that's yikes. convenient. <laughs> I know. You know yeah. the guy? No. All right. Of course not. Okay. That's just this silly. The second thing that I, second problem I have is bark. Barker does not look like he belongs in the family because of his red hair. <laughs> no, no, I actually realized something. So, you know the grandparents' pictures? Yeah. The, the grandma or the grandpa, I don't remember which one, they have red hair. Oh, okay. All right. Good catch. Uh, the third thing is when uh, Billy Crystal says, why don't you call me Artie? You know, it's just they're, <laughs> yeah, they're going too far. But wait, now your mom yeah. told the girls to call her Gigi. But that's not that was what her name JC was. because couldn't say it. Gigi that was, was like a nickname. It stands for Gorgeous Grandma. Yeah, or Grandma Giller I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was, G I thought her name was just Gigi But you, can you see my mom saying, oh, call me Sharon? No, <laughs> and and I, I'm not, I, you're right, I shouldn't be comparing the two because your mom really did want a grand grandparent kind of name, but... Did he really say to them, call me Artie? Yeah, yeah he did, remember, at the beginning of the uh, when they first get to the house. So I would call that then a character study of, uh, it's a demonstration that he doesn't want to be the age he is or where he is. Because if you guys remember correctly. Yeah, the, sorry. At the, Cameron and I are, we, we both want to talk about mm -hmm. this. The the beginning of the movie, he's sad because he gets let go from his job and his dream was always to be to call uh, to be a baseball announcer for the Giants. And he's beginning to realize that's never going to happen. So I think he's having a hard time accepting his age. That's right. exactly what I thought. Like, that's why he wanted to be called Artie, because he still thought like when he was still talking about Midler at the beginning, when he got fired, he's like, it could still happen and whatever. He's like, I can't give up on my dreams. And like it shows him watching the baseball game and saying it, even though he's not there, that shows why he said that. So I feel like the movie was just a little too extreme in certain things. And the last thing I have is that he doesn't know his daughter works for ESPN, even though she's been wor working there for a few years. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't picture myself 20 years or 15 years from now not knowing who employs you. So I just feel like they went a little over the top. Yeah, well, he also uses it to get an announcer job there, so that kind of was not a good moment for yeah, him. Yeah, he gets the audition. They mm -hmm. overshot the 
demonstrating the disconnection. They overshot it. Right. Exactly. And this is kind of, this is the thing that I think, and I think the girls will agree with us. This is what's interesting about this movie. It's one of those movies that it has these moments that make it feel really good and rich. And then there's other parts that are so cliche right. that you're like, uh, like uh, I wish they could have cleaned up this part and cleaned up this part. I'm, out, I'm about to play one and you guys tell me if this is realistic or not. This is one, what's the oldest daughter's name? Harper. Harper. She just had a violin lesson, I guess. All right. Yeah. Wasn't she wonderful? No. This will not be good enough for your audition. You must practice more. Practice. Gee whiz. Wasn't she the villain in the last James Bond movie? Oh, sweetie, don't listen to her. Perhaps you could relax. You could go out with your friends. You could have some fun Friday night. I have three more days. I have to practice. I have to, I have to practice every second. Dr. Schwer, if you ever speak to my granddaughter like that again, there will be nothing left of you but some red hair and an accent. Is that clear, comrade? All right. Realistic or not? How many times have you guys said coaches or teachers shaming you that Never. Even like, okay, one, even if they do, they never would do it in front of a parent because then they're going to get backlash. So that's definitely not, that part isn't realistic. Actually, uh, one of my teachers yelled at my dad, which was kind of bad. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) That was awesome. And my grandfather (laughs) yeah well i think that the part about her being really pressured and like being like i can't go out i think that's realistic but i don't think the teacher thing was realistic skylar to you um you just said that somebody yelled or a teacher yelled at your dad and your grandpa but it wasn't that bad or was it that bad did it feel that bad it was a little shaming it was yelling which wasn't in this scene like she she wouldn't i mean it was actually I don't know. She yelled at my dad and grandfather in front of me and mm. myself. And she yelled at me, too, because... You don't have to give the details. I don't want to give the details. <laughs> it was can't. a great you day. You can't it was say a great anything year. about... It was a great day. And that thing that she yelled at you about, because there is something that we lost, has never turned We lost up. an item I know of where it is. Where is it? It's gone now, because we took away the dresser. No, it wasn't in the dresser. It was in the dresser. There's That's no where way. I put it. I tried it on, put it in the dresser. Anyway, but the thing is that scene, it was she said she was mean to her student, and but she didn't do anything to her grandmother. But the thing is, I don't think the grandmother should have yelled at. It wasn't even yelling, but it was just kind of unrealistic so, for the grandmother to fight back. Right. Well, I will. I'm about to play a different scene from a different movie, which does it a lot better. So in that scene you just heard, Bette Midler yells at the violin teacher for shaming her daughter. And this is another scene from a movie I like to call Uncle Buck. Oh, God. When, oh, boy. When he's in the kindergarten, when he's in... Uh, oh, here we go. Uncle Buck, and Uncle Buck has to go to the principal's office because his niece is getting in trouble. I see a bad egg when I look at your niece. She is a twiddler. A dreamer, a silly heart. She is a jabber box. And frankly, I don't think she takes a thing in her life or her career as a student seriously. She's only six. That is not a valid excuse. I hear that every day and I dismiss it. 
I don't think I want to know a six-year-old who isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. And I sure don't want to know one who takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job. <laughs> but I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried out, brain dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it, and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. That's gross. Is that because she has a big mole on her face? Is that what I should have done to your teacher? Okay, no. So no. what I think about that is I thought you were talking about the older daughter, and I was like, oh, this is pretty normal. But when she said it was the six-year-old, because yeah. I've seen that movie before, I actually that's hilarious to yeah. me. And I sh- go ahead, Kathy. You never call me Kathy. Sweetie. That was so weird. Sorry, sweetie. Oh my no, no, God. you can Kathy? call me Kathy. I'm yeah. fine with it. Person I'm married to. <laughs> but it was just weird. I never hear Go you ahead, say Kathy that. Go Kathy Cassani Adams. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that um, I wanted to go kind of, I'm not going to go backwards, but go back to is the fact that I agree with, you know, like we were saying before about we are the Marissa Tomei's age and the grandparents, you know, they parented from a different time. But I agree with the fact that kids shouldn't be playing the violin all the time and that they shouldn't have that kind of pressure and that they shouldn't be expected to be constantly um, succeeding. Um, They should have time to do nothing, which right now we have a lot of time to do nothing. So much time. Um, You know, but it is a, um, I'm more in agreement with the generation before us about lightening up a little bit. Whereas maybe the way that we talk to our kids is with more respect and with more understanding and with more of a, you know, eye to eye kind of, you know, understanding their individuality and their humanity, but then at the same time, lightening up about what it means to be a successful person. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to like, not everything is specific to is not generational specific because I think that there's plenty of people. I know a lot of people who listen to Zen Parenting Radio who are not, or at least attempting to not put that much pressure on their kids. They're trying to change that outcome of this generation, which is that all of our kids think they have to be constantly and chronically above average, right? Which yeah. is impossible. Um, part of me wants to play another scene, but I don't know if you, you have any other thoughts. Scening it up. Well, I, I want know. to play the baseball scene where they talk about how they don't keep track of outs and strikes and runs. It's not as good without the actual video. I know, but people are going to have to use their imagination. Yeah. Oh, okay. Does anybody else want to say anything? No, Be- go ahead. No. Uh, all right, here we go. But then you hit puberty and you got old girly on me. Well, gee, Dad, I'm so sorry that I hit puberty. I was so proud of you back then. You were usually the only girl out there. Okay, right there is a problem. He has no idea that he's saying the wrong things. I know. He said, because he's talking about how she, Alice, his daughter, used to play baseball. And he said, and then you hit puberty and you went all girly on me. So there's two bad things in there. Number one is if she's not supposed to grow up and change her like interests, you know, like she's not supposed to necessarily have the same interests as her dad. And number two, saying that girly means that you're not going to be as athletic or interested in the things I'm interested in. So basically it says, don't hit, don't become, don't don't grow up, don't grow up and don't be a girl. 
thank you. So these are the things that are outdated in this movie. Yeah. That's those are my, the that points. wouldn't happen in 2020 in a movie. They, they Unless would... they were trying to demonstrate obliviousness. Yes. Yeah. Right. Here's the pitch. Strike three. You're out of there. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Woo! Lights out, Alice. <laughs> Way to go, Turner. Way to look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Blue, blue. That's three strikes. One, two, three. Out of there. Fun. It's okay. This is my dad, and he's new here. Oh, okay. Uh, there are no outs in this game. No outs? How is that possible? They hit until they get on base. <clears throat> Seriously? Seriously. Dad, why don't oh, you just sit down? Huh? All right. But you know, that's kind of stupid, you know, because if you just think of the song, because it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Not until you get a hit. He's right. I hate these games. What's the point? The point is for the kids to enjoy the game without competition. Yeah, but competition is the game. You know, it's like life. Let me ask you something. I mean, how do you even know who's winning? In this league, we don't keep score. Every game ends in a tie. Oh, no. No agony of defeat, just the thrill of a tie? All right. So we'll stop it there. I know you guys have got bored with that. Mm. Um, my favorite part is the umpire is totally on Billy Crystal's side. Right. Yeah, he hates it. That's the best part of it. He's like, every game ends in a tie, and his face is priceless. But I think that I've never heard of a child's game that doesn't keep score. Have you guys? Sure. Scatters uh, JC's T ball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no score. Yeah. Was that fun to watch? JC did T ball. <laughs> I didn't even. Yes, I forgot yeah. that she did. Todd oh was a God. coach. Um, we did a whole show on how the Norwegians, because the Norwegians just killed everybody in the medal of uh, the Winter Olympics, and Norwegians. As far as they got the most medals, they got the most medals over Russia, over the United States, over China, and they they're this tiny country as far as the amount of population. And they have a rule in their country is that you're not supposed to keep score. You're not supposed to be able to do any of that until the kid turns 12 across the entire country. And their reasoning for that is help the kids develop a love of the game before you start forcing them to compete against each other where they feel like they aren't good enough. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, when you were talking, I've talked to you guys about this a lot, like with art, um, how you know, you guys, all three of you loved art in different ways, if it be photography or drawing or um, singing or dancing or whatever. And then when they start to put kids against each other and compare you guys, then kids are like, I'm not good at art because all of a sudden it becomes a competition. And the truth is art is everybody is an artist. Everybody's creative. And it's not something we're we should or shouldn't do. It's something we should all do. And sports, athletics, and play is the same thing. I I don't necessarily, I'm not saying I agree with that we shouldn't have, I think it's an overcorrection. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to have somebody win the game, but I think we have to have a sense of it doesn't have to be serious because we do have these parents who at, you know, kids who are eight years old playing soccer and we have parents yelling at the yeah, refs. There's a pendulum. There's a, yeah. Oh my and God, the parents at the Saturday soccer games, those were so funny. Silent me. Saturdays. Oh my God, Silent Lots Saturdays screaming. were so great. Oh I know. Goodness. I love that. And parents <laughs> could barely hold yeah, their seats. They were like, I, I felt like they it was more their game than it was the kids <laughs> on the field because I never played soccer and I feel like everyone I know at did, did at some point, but I just always felt 
bad for the kids whose parents were like yelling at them, like, get it over to blah, blah, blah. It was so funny to me. Yeah. We've done actually many a podcast about Silent Saturdays and soccer and parents' involvement in their kids' sports because (laughs) a lot of the time the parents are living vicariously through their kids' world and if the kids win or lose a game they feel like they won or lost a game there's no separation between parent and child in that regard and i think parents sometimes go on autopilot and they're so used to being in competition or demonstrating their worth or you know pushing and succeeding that they get into a situation like even an eight-year-old's game and they think that the only way they are of worth or that their child is of worth is if they win or get a goal. Like something we, um, Cameron, you didn't really get into those kind of sports, but um, for JC and and Skyler a little bit, when's the last time you did soccer? It's been I a couple did of years. Soccer for, I did soccer for like a whole summer or something and I only scored two goals. Well, nice. They were two really good goals though. <laughs> they were special. But what we would oh always God. say to you guys, especially JC because she played lacrosse, is like, the game is not about the goals. It's about the team and how you move the ball back and forth. It's about defense. It's about... It's not about outcome. It's about process. Exactly. And I think a lot of kids who play, um, sometimes they feel like they have to be the star of the game. They have to be the one to... Um, you know, they're they're either the goalie, you know, where they're getting all of that, or they are the shooter. And in every... You know, I know in each game, being a shooter is a different... Like, in basketball, you're called the... If you're shooting all the time, do you want me to save you or do you want to just? No, I'm asking you. I'm looking at you. Uh, well, there's the guard, the forward, and the center. Right. So that's basketball, but in lacrosse, it's the. Um, it's been a while. I don't what know. What about soccer? Uh, there's a striker. Yeah. Striker is the offense, and then the midfielder, the middies, and right. the defenders. That's the truth. Truth for lacrosse too, middies, because yeah. that's what JC played. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, is that attack. I think it's called attack and lacrosse. Yes. And those positions, they get the goals. And so it's like, that's a great player. Mm -hmm. But what if, what about all the kids who are playing positions who are allowing that to then occur? It's all about the glory for winning the games. It's all about who ends up putting it in. Like there can be a kid who does 10 times more and just assists every single goal and doesn't get any. Well, and the defenders are never even allowed Mm -hmm. on the other side of the field. Mm -hmm. So their stats are how many times they get scored on. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, there's no glory for the defenders nope. other than the goalie. Yeah, it's kind of a setup. So um, I wanted to share one other thing, not play, but uh, do you guys remember the name that I said last night, Ralph Branca? No. no. Who was listening to me? Who's Ralph Branca? Honey, I don't, I don't think anyone Guys, was. I told a whole story. Wait. Ralph Branca. Wait, what was the story? I, I don't remember any of this. You know how Turner says the baseball announcing of Bobby Thompson when he hit the home run? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he hit off of who? Ralph Branca. Very good. Thank Ralph you. Ralph Branca gave up the pitch that Bobby Thompson did a hit to take them to the pennant. Um, I found out on trivia last night that um, at the end of the movie, uh, when Turner delivers the famous call. Oh, my gosh. Can I take a guess? Sure. Is it the guy at the table? Yes. <gasps> oh, my God. No. The no. table of the judges shows one old judge with a big smile. The judge is played by Ralph Branca. Oh, wait. So he's the guy who let him get the hit that. Yes, he oh was the pitcher so, who has what lived in shame for decades. Okay, so in this movie, when he's Turner, it's this big thing because Turner has a stutter, and the whole movie, it's about him like trying to overcome it. And it, 
and turns out Artie plays them this play, The Shot Heard Around the World, and he presents it at Harper's, like, music thing, and it's, like, a huge deal because he doesn't stutter. And there's this guy we always, I, like, when we watch it, we always see at the table, and we're, like, he's, like, smiling so much, and it's so hilarious, but... The I girls literally that. last night, and I've only watched this movie with you guys like two or three times, but oh last night, all three of you were like, the guy at the table, he's going to start smiling. Yeah. <laughs> and that is such a cute little, see, that's what I mean about this movie. There's little things in it that make it worthwhile. Yeah. I thought it was just a person who watched it and like remembered it. Yeah, I thought it was just because he was old and it was funny because like he loved hearing it and i also love that alice knew it too that always warms my heart when you see Artie and he's saying it with him and so is alice and i just i always love so that. this is the call that probably is the most famous baseball call of all time i don't even know what year it was so my baseball friends were you were, alive no okay. it's in black and white i think it's in the 50s So for you guys need some baseball literature. It's important that you all know that. So what's I'm glad. What's the panic? What's the panic? What does that Giants mean? Giants won the panic. The pennant. Pennant. <laughs> what's the pennant? Pennant means they're about to go into the World Series. Oh, okay. So, so that they, didn't I know stuff about baseball. Uh, I, just, I don't know. They play the Yankees, and you know what, Sky? I don't even know if they won the World Series. Yeah, that's what I always wondered. I was like, did they? Do win? they still call it the pennant? Yeah. The Giants. There's the American Giants League pennant, the and there's a National League pennant, and then yeah. there's a World Series pennant. I guess I should know that. Do they call it by any other name? Um, you no. won your... Division? Division. That's yeah. what people call it. Yeah. That's... They don't call it the pennant anymore. They call it your division. Well, it just depends. So okay. the, there's the divisional series, then there's the league, cha league championship series. Yes. And in the league championship series, you win your pennant. And oh, then okay. the two pennant winners face off in the World Series, which is an interesting term because the world doesn't play in Major League Baseball. It's a very American invention like you know we're so good at baseball we're just going to call it the world series even though it's really the united yeah. states and canada series and a lot of baseball players are mm. not from the united states nowadays nowadays mm. back in the old days it was just white people african-americans weren't allowed in really yeah um, it's true so anyways um any other things that anybody wants to share should should we play the one scene where um uh who's the invisible friend Oh, Carl, that's a good Carl. scene. Well, let's talk about um, Invisible Friends I real quick. I love Carl. Okay. Let's bring him in. Um, so I'll ask Skyler first. Skyler, did you have any Invisible Friends? Uh, there were never ones that were reoccurring, but I always used to pretend I had friends I didn't. <laughs> Me too. I All my stuffed animals were like my friends. Um, and so, uh, Cameron, did you have any Invisible Friends? I did. I had two. And maybe three. We don't really remember the third one. I think you had three. And their names were? Sobe and Krigley. Yes. <laughs> Sobe and Krigley. I would love for them to come back and make another appearance. Yeah. We could have go? them on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we should get Krigley and Sobe on the show. Yes. Um, so, what? spoiler alert. Um, what's the name of it? Barker has an imaginary friend who's a kangaroo named Carl. Carl. And the whole movie, uh, the parents are like, just let him and play along, like, like pull the chair out for Carl, add the thing. And Artie is kind of like, obviously making fun of it a little bit, but he ends up telling him because Barker keeps getting into these situations where he's in a dangerous situation because Carl told him to. And he's like, maybe you should start telling 
Carl what to do, mm. and that leads to the scene. So then Barker mm-hmm. ends up, uh, Carl gets out mm-hmm. and gets hit by a car and dies. Mm-hmm. Pretty sad. Yep. So this is the funeral. Carl, your two favorite things were milk and tofu dogs. Now you can have both forever. Thanks for decorating the box. It was my pleasure. (laughs) Um, Carl. Can Artie say something nice for Carl? Me? How do you say goodbye to somebody you could never say hello to? It's hard. I didn't get to see Carl very often, but then again, nobody else did. Except for Barker, which is what made him so special. Carl wasn't just Barker's friend. He was a part of him, and that made him a part of all of us. Carl, you will forever be in our hearts. Keep on hopping, buddy. It's a great speech. a good speech i was always really surprised by it because i half expected him to say something really dumb even though it was the end of the movie but um i think that carl actually that character helped Artie grow a little bit in like tolerance Mm. obviously so i think that was definitely character development for him nice job yeah um i don't know what i wanted to say about carl well i just loved sorry i remember In movies and TV shows, they always have such great speeches. Like we watched This Is Us, and Jack Pearson always has these like Mm -hmm. killer things to say that's just the perfect... Fixes everything. Fixes everything. And I don't have those. Well, no, wait a second. Uh Uh-oh. I think that um, Jack in This Is Us says some great things, but Jack makes a lot of mistakes. He's a flawed character, but when he's bringing it, he's bringing it. Mm -hmm. And the way he brings it, I don't think I bring it. Yeah, there was this one good episode yeah. where he was talking to Randall, and <laughs> Thanks. just goes, Thank yeah. you, Skyler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't bring it the way Jack Pearson does. <laughs> He's my favorite character. There's this one great episode where Jack is talking to Randall. He says something so stupid and kind of like privileged about him feeling uncomfortable on a ba- on like no a golf place was one time a, a golf course. Thing. I know what you're a talking lo- about. A golf mm-hmm. course, and then. Randall's like, you can't really say that because you felt uncomfortable and I probably wouldn't have even been allowed on it at mm. that time. And he goes back and he's like, that was a really stupid thing to say. But then he comes back with a better speech that helps him for what he's doing in the modern day, yeah. which is so great. We should That's maybe a do one. a pop culturing on This Is Us oh because God. this yes. is the four of us that watch it. JC's. JC doesn't watch anything with us. No. Well, that's not true. She just doesn't watch This Is Us. Yeah. What does she watch? She watches. She's watching the Marvel movies to catch up with us right now. But not, but not with us. us. But she's. We're gonna watch the Avengers together. She watched we Parental are. Guidance we with are. us last night. She watched Parental That's Guidance. Uh, Jaycee's just always working. I feel like so she's not really home to watch. She well, likes she can't. watching things by herself. She does, and she is seventeen, so she can really watch anything she wants. Um, I I thought we were going to go 30 minutes in with parental guidance, but we went 47 in. 
Well, are wow. we done? Well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I want to add a few things. Sure. Just side notes. Some things that were kind of fun to talk to the girls about when we watched these movies. Uh, number one, Billy Crystal's impact in as far as being moviegoers. Like Todd and I were able to introduce them to When Harry Met Sally and, you know, talk about that he was on SNL. And just he's kind of a bit, he's someone that, um, Gen Z doesn't really know, mm. but he's a big part of our Mike, generation. Mike uh, Wachowski. M- Mike Wachowski from Monsters, Inc. And then Bette Midler, too. Oh, like yeah. To be able to talk to the girls about who Bette Midler is and what she's done and, you know, all of her previous movies and her, um, you know, Broadway you know, experience. It's just sometimes when you have a movie like this with, with different generations, it's fun to talk about who they are. And I mean, there was a time girls that Billy Crystal was the host of the Oscars every year. Yeah. He's kind of like a Hugh Jackman, kind of like a Neil Patrick Harris. He could sing, he could dance. He was funny. Everybody loved him. He was like a Tom Hanks kind of guy. And, and he still, I mean, is hugely respected. It's just, he doesn't, get the opportunities like he used to. You mm. know what I mean? What is Billy Crystal doing these days? I don't know. He's 72 years old. Wow. Ooh, that's and old. Bette Midler is 75. Yeah. Can you believe Bette Midler's she 75? She looks amazing. Yes, she does. And again, I know this movie was 2012, but still they... And they actually have a few moments like in this movie where they do a little song and dance together. Mm-hmm. And it's a good, you know, it's a throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sometimes why I love to watch Gen X movies with the girls is I know it gets so annoying, girls. I know that I'm annoying, but I love all the trivia, the pop, tri- the pop culture trivia. trivia. I like doing that with mo- with Gen Z movies for you guys. Like we're watching The Bachelor and stuff. Oh, that's I a like masterpiece trivia. right there. <laughs> well, it is. It has trivia though. It has like like what pop culture references and references to other seasons, stuff like that. Hannah Ann, Madison, Chris, Hannah B, Chris. Hannah B, a lot of Hannah B. But she's always gonna be like. Everyone's favorite. Do you know that Hannah B and Tyler are dating? I know that he picked her up from the airport yesterday, and everyone's speculating that they're well, dating. Well, TMZ Ooh. posted a bunch of stuff about them being together. I've been following it. Cameron's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. I, I am so on it. And I don't Manisha. Think Peter's going to be happy about that. But what? Well, Peter. He ended up with no one. He ended, he's, he's alone. He's like, I, I'm just ready to find someone like, to share the rest of my he's life with. Staying at a hotel. So, you know. <laughs> Do you know what drove me crazy that Peter said? Sorry that we've switched over to The Bachelor. <laughs> but Let's he did. You know what drove me crazy that Pete, Peter said all throughout The Bachelor is he'd be like, I know I'm standing in a room with my wife right now. And no, you don't. Guys, don't get me started on this show. Dad <laughs> loves it. it we have to do a pop a culture. A waste justice. of our time. It, it wasn't. It, wasn't, it was. was awesome. It's because we got dragged through the mud, <laughs> and they kept it together until the finale. And two days later, it's like, you know what? Forget it all. I'm not dating anybody. Like. You want at least something to happen. Well, Hannah B didn't end up dating anybody, and everyone thought that was a success. No, I don't even. <laughs> that, like, what is our definition of success? Like, it was entertaining. That's what together. we're there for. We're no, not there so we can be inspired by the Bachelor relationships. I wouldn't call it entertaining. There are so few <laughs> couples on The Bachelor that do stay together, and I know Cameron's going to list them all off for us because there are <laughs> some that have stayed together. I know. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the whole process is, it's a sociological experiment. It's like, how what do these What did people... you learn from... I'll tell you, I learned a lot. Tell me. P- 
Peter's mom, Barb, was way too involved. <laughs> you think? Yeah, that's what so I So overbearing moms. I didn't know about that. Yeah, well, it, what we watched was a mom who thought that her, hu- her, her husband, her son's love life had something to do with her. She believed that she needed to be on board for him to be in a relationship. And Peter... Was living at home. Pete's got, Pete's, Peter's got some work Wait, to do. He was actually living at home. Yes, because he's a pilot. He, he's twenty. Peter has some work to do. He needs to get into a men's group. He lives stat. with his parents still. <laughs> yeah, everyone was posting on Instagram. They were like, "Do we really trust this guy to operate our planes when he can't make decisions about people he knows or something like that?" <laughs> and what about his brother? Yeah, oh. his brother. Okay, okay. Oh my god! Wait, how about when his brother was like, his "I know you're like, very physical with your relationships." <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! So I was trying to find. I I let this train go off the tracks because I wanted to find. We're talking about Billy Crystal, so I wasn't paying attention to what you guys were saying for like thirty seconds. Yeah, and now I find myself knee deep in Bachelor talk. Okay, we're we're coming back. We're sorry. Parental guidance. I was was bummed about that season. What I was going to play for you was Billy Crystal was supposed to play this character. How am I going to convince those guys it was an accident? Who's that? That's a Tom Woody. Hanks Woody from... And Billy Crystal got offered that role first, and he said no. Why? Why? He didn't think it was going to be that big of a hit. He didn't under... It was the first like movie like that, Toy Story? It was like the first Pixar, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Tom Hanks is probably better suited for it, just because I think so, too, is. and then we probably wouldn't have Mike Wajkowski. Wazowski. 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 What about... What's the... Roz. Oh my gosh. Roz. Always watch. Roz? That's from oh, Monsters we love Inc. Roz. Roz. All right. Can we close your eyes? Is there anything get else, one. sweetie? Um, okay. So I want to get JC down here real quick. Sky, will you go get JC really quick? Gladly. Okay. Um, so this is how I'll finish this pop culturing. Parent parental guidance is a very mediocre movie that is fun to watch with your family because it's harmless. It also has some moments that are kind of deep and meaningful and touching. Like I got a little teary mm-hmm. and it's when? just fun when he does the thing at the end. Oh, the kid. I would have thought it would have been in the conversation with Alice and him. If no, that's not touching to me, but it is powerful, meaning that I think there, you know, a lot was said. So I think that it's a good movie. I would I would recommend it for families. And I think kids 10 and up, right? Uh, it's yeah. PG. Eight and up. It's PG. Eight and up. Okay, JC, come here for a second. Come back to us. JC, come back to us. What is Bring what is, her home bring, to us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is Barb saying? Oh um, Bird, come here. What movie do you want to do next where you'll do pop culturing with us? The Bachelor. Avengers. Ooh, that's a good question. Do you want to do Avengers? Yeah, I would do I, the entire Marvel Universe with you guys. I guess I'll listen I guess in. I the first Avengers because then I would like underst- I would understand it. Well, and Sky, you could watch the first Avengers. You'd like it. Your dad and I saw it in the theater. There's a few scenes like where Loki takes somebody's eye out and stuff. It's pretty nasty. Loki take I am fine eye with out? that. At the beginning of Avengers, the first Avengers, Loki takes that stick and he takes that person's eye out. I don't remember that. I haven't seen the first Avengers in so long. It's very nasty. That would be a good one for everybody if we all watch it together. Okay, so everybody, JC will be with us for Avengers podcast. I want to do Avengers. We need another microphone at pop culturing. I would want to do that. Okay, thanks, babe. I want to do the Bachelor. Now, can I close the show? Yes, yes. yes. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. So bring everybody, her bring her home to us. <laughs> oh, Thank God. you for listening. It's nice to, you know, one of the only nice things about this time that we're going through being isolated and separated from each other, this difficult time our country's having, is that at least we're all together. So take this opportunity to um, be with your kids in, in the ways that you can. Maybe ask them what movie they want to watch and join them instead of telling them what you're going to watch. I struggle with that. Or watch one of the uh, previous 20 pop culturing movies we've done. True. um, Age appropriate. Yep. Because we've done about 20 of these. Yes, some of them are rated R. And then listen to the podcast while cleaning the kitchen or driving to work or whatever. And just know that our family is with your family. We're all in this together. Um, We're thinking about everybody, and we're all doing our best in this difficult time. And thank you for listening. And keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast, where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my free books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.